Welcome to the Human Size Leader Podcast, where we discuss the human side of leadership. I'm Zach. I'm Crystal. And today we're going to talk about the spaces of anxiety. Yeah, we've hinted about these things on other podcasts. And Crystal and I were talking this morning and realized we haven't defined um, the different spaces of anxiety. And it's been big in both of our lives recently in our leadership. Yeah, absolutely. And a shout out to um, Steve Cuss and Capable Life, which has been something we've both participated in to learn more about this. And we'll link to resources in our show notes for those who want to know more. But yeah, let's talk about these spaces of anxiety that we all find ourselves (laughs) dealing with. Yeah. And like you just said, Crystal, we deal with all of them. And Mm -hmm. we all have different um, areas where we recognize the anxiety more. Um, than others, but they're all present. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what are, we said four spaces, so there's four spaces, right? Yeah. Um, what are those four spaces? Pop quiz, Zach, do you know the four spaces? Yes. Okay. I'm ready. Uh, okay. a little anxious too, since you just put me on the spot. Uh, wow. where, where is that anxiety happening? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's the space inside of me. I mean, that's, that's right. the first one. Right. So there's the space inside of me is space one. Space two would be the space between you and another. Like what's going on between. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, Space three, the space inside the other. So this is someone else's brain. Mm -hmm. And then the space four is the space between a group. Right. So have you ever walked into a room, for example, and watched the mood change in there? You have that is fourth space going on. Yeah. Yeah. So out of all of those spaces, we have ability to affect and um, help manage as per se, except for one, right? I, th- I I don't know. Great question. I would say that we can actually affect all of them. Okay. Yeah. Right? Um, now we can also infect and improperly do all of them. Right. So right. We can only manage ourselves. And right, I think that's exactly. what you were getting at, right, Crystal? Yeah, I would say there's a, there's one space, which is a space inside of another person um, that is not worth spending a lot of time worrying about um, Yeah, because you can't do anything about it. Not that you can't affect the interaction between you and them and how you put the space around them that you have um, influence on, but you can't worry about what's going on inside of their head because that's only for them to know. But we can talk more about that later, <laughs> <laughs> which is related yeah. to... One that I don't quite know how to contextualize, I'll bring it up right now, is that space between us and God, which I think is has a lot to do with uh, what's going on inside of us. But it's one that's really important to be aware of, too, especially if faith is a big part of your life like ours, is that there's a space that God fills the gaps and that's something between us and God. Yeah. Yeah, totally true. And, you know, we believe in every interaction there is my part, your part, and God's part. And so that's a good yeah. good thing just to recognize that that's constant. And yeah. when we get in that anxious state, it makes us really unaware um, and almost um, calloused to God's presence you know, yeah. when we get in anxiety. And so that's a great reminder, Crystal, that, I mean, obviously he's still there, uh, but yeah. in our anxiousness, we can we can be callous to the touch of God in our lives. And so um, that's why we talk about this so much and the importance, because um, in anxiousness, we become reactive beings <laughs> mm-hmm. and and not hearing God. That is not a good combo. I don't know about you, right. Crystal, but when I'm in that moment, right. um, it's some of my worst moments. 
Yeah. And it's so crazy thinking back to before I was really aware of this, like I've done a lot of work just um, learning about how to have healthy reactions and how to make sure you're believing truth about yourself. But um, prior to doing this work, I wasn't aware of how much anxiety was a part of everyday life, like all the time, which I think that's something to be aware of too. It's, it's anxiety itself is not necessarily bad. It's a natural component of life. There's things to worry about. There's tensions, but when we're unaware of it, we're not realizing how much in control it is and how much it's affecting our reactivity and affecting our interactions and vice versa or parallel to that when we start to realize that and can have a management over our own anxiety and then how we affect others, we now have a greater um, power to be loving, helpful human beings to ourselves and others. So, um, but yeah, it was crazy to, when I started realizing how much anxiety drove my reactions, which I thought was just normal, which I would love to talk about sometimes Zach, how, like when we were um, first getting to know each other as coworkers, I go back to that season of my life, um, and how I had such a, a different perspective on how to manage a room or how to get something done. Um, mm. I'm a little bit afraid to open this box cause I feel like I was a little bit more of an intense personality. Maybe I don't know, but I know looking back now, I thought, <laughs> managing that anxiety, which I didn't know was anxiety was like power was influence to be able to be like strong and push something down the field. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. And what you're kind of talking about there is like when we're in anxiousness, right? We fight flight or freeze. Yeah. And so the power of pushing some down the field often shows up as fight, like someone that would even use that term. And then there's the, the freezer. <laughs> yeah. Just totally um shuts down or you know fleeing running yeah. away sometimes not physically sometimes just mentally like but oftentimes someone that tends to do that will leave a room right or uh, you could be like in a room with your team and be like or your family and be like oh hey everybody's like so on board with this like i'm you know my influence is like they must just really agree with me right. and then find out later on in life when you're more aware that like they just that's not a situation that they felt like they can input into or they're in that freeze mode. Um, and so it gives us a very distorted view sometimes of our success <laughs> in those moments. So, yeah. 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 So maybe, maybe too big of a question, Crystal, but you were, you were saying how you used to, and, you know, knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. uh, how, how would you show up a, maybe different than you did then? Oh, that's a great question. Um, so I'll go to like, just take it to a, a more manageable level. Cause that's a huge question that I'll yeah. need some time to reflect on. But I, I can say like one thing I've thought about recently is, um, going, I used to really, um, just speak, you know, when there was an opening, like I had this perspective of like, if you're going to have something to input, you need to input it strongly. And if you aren't doing that, then you're not not doing your part. So don't complain to me (laughs) if you're not heard because you had your opportunity because it wasn't hard for me to do that. Like I, I'm built in a way and had experiences that made me feel very confident when, especially when it came to challenging, which, okay, we've talked in the past about our different personalities. I am a seven, eight on the Enneagram to give context for people who know that. Um, I get a little bit of fuel from challenging something. It's, it's exciting to me. It's a natural but my my uh, unaware perspective was if you aren't going to show up and you aren't going to, if you are not going to put yourself out there, then too bad. You need to figure out <laughs> and get some guts, right? So right. Th- 
that is not what I, I feel now. Um, understanding more myself and even the fact of where I was coming at often, um, how much anxiety and pressure was inside of me. And that's how I showed up. Um, and then understanding others, how they needed that space, um, to be able to speak and how much I was missing out by, um, not helping make that space almost like with my, my, power, not power, my influence in my personality, I have the ability to actually open the door for people to have mm. equal, um, contribution where they don't have that same, without that open door, it's very much harder for them to contribute than it was for me. True. Yeah. Yeah. That's very interesting. It's a neat watching journey of realizations and showing up differently and how people react because because mm -hmm. as i'm learning these things i am um showing up differently as well and the same person right you can be in the same battle maybe and all of a sudden the reactions are way different mm -hmm. and so for an example uh, the person closest to me and i use these examples a lot because um it's the person i interact the most with is mm -hmm. my wife uh, so, yeah and um it's this is not flawless but knowing the anxiety when an argument starts to happen um mm -hmm. there is always anxiety with that um, that was one of one of my realizations if you're angry that is a sign of anxiety. And so mm -hmm. um, going, oh, I'm getting angry in this situation. And instead of even talking about what we're arguing about, right? It, realizing it has nothing, there's going to be nothing fruitful in that moment. And instead switching to all I'm trying to do in this moment is being a calm, clear presence. Mm -hmm. um, instead of letting my anger boil, um, has yeah. totally switched the dynamics of conversations, switching from an argument to a conversation. And we actually talk about what the conversation is really about instead of like a normal yeah. argument where, right, you get spun up and you're, you don't, I don't even yeah. know what we were even arguing about. Yeah. In that, that calm aware presence is um, so, so valuable. And going back to that question you asked me, you know, thinking back to those, that evolution of my, understanding, um, like where I thought jumping in and having something to say and, and saying it with, um, strength. And then people who had that same ability, um, coming back was like the sign of like being a good leader. Like a lot of that was driven by anxiety as well. Not, not being calm and aware. Cause I wanted to get the problem solved. I wanted to get the input out there. And then, um, you know, when you get to that space where you realize that's driving you and you're able to be quiet a bit more so that the people who, who are in the room feel comfortable speaking. And I, I can go back to my spouse too, because I've learned a lot from, he's the same as your, um, your spouse, <laughs> your wife is he's a nine and he's not going to speak up very quickly. Um, he doesn't want to disrupt things unless he has to, and he needs time to process. We're different in that way too. He's a more, um, simmer and let it process and wants to figure it out before it comes out. Right. And so if I had, if you don't give that space, um, if my anxiety is really mean, I feel like it has to be go, go, go fill the space over function, um, spin. they never have that space to, to come in and input into that. But we like, it's both people have to be able to overcome that anxiety to be quiet and then maybe to speak up for the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. And, you know, yeah, as nines that someone that's not familiar with peace, uh, with Enneagram, they're peacemakers, right? They, they desire peace and, 
when a nine goes into anger, right, and there's an argument happening, that's because they don't see a way for peace. And that's been one of the realizations is going, if if uh-huh. uh, I'm in an argument with them, with her, she she is not that she's in full-fledged anxiety further along than I am because that mm-hmm. is not her natural um, yeah. state where I, I go to anger a little quicker <laughs> than that. And so um, anyways, yeah. it, it's, it's transformational in relationships because when mm-hmm. we, when being unaware of anxiety, let me just say like the biggest leadership mistakes that we are going to make as a leader always and I'll leave 99.9 because um, I hate always, uh, but the anxiety is there. Mm-hmm. Anxiety is there with leadership mistakes constantly. When there's these human-human interactions and we're screwing it up, um, mm-hmm. trust me, anxiety is present in you or in the other person or in both. Yeah. Well, and just to put like a value on this, something that I have just um, come to treasure is that when people don't have something, um, or quiet, doesn't mean they ha- don't have something to say. Probably 99% of the time, it might be, they don't know what they think yet, or they don't feel they can speak up, but one we can cultivate where everybody has a voice. Um, there's such treasures that come out of that. And I think again, back to like our nines, we just call them that, our nine. <laughs> but I know with my nine, with my husband, like he has such rich depth to him that if I were to continue to bulldoze over that, I would miss out. And I have missed out in the past, but the more I start to to see these people in more healthier environments, my friends and coworkers and family be able to um, express themselves. I, I'm like experiencing this richness of like diversity and what God has done in all these people. And I'm like, wow, how often I was missing out on this because of me or the other person being in a place where they, it wasn't connecting. Right. Yeah, so true. And as as we become aware of anxiety, so for my nine, um, there's rich in depthness in everything you're talking about. If you put her on the spot in a group, for example, and well, what do you have to say? That is the work. You are not going to get an answer because that triggered her anxiety. That will trigger <laughs> her anxiety because you just put her on the spot in front of people and and all the other stuff one on one that's okay but like in a group oh terrible thing and so so knowing that again we're learning the people in the room and what brings them anxiousness learning mm-hmm. the people you lead what what are the things that they get anxiety about and creating an environment and being a calm clear presence so that mm-hmm. you can get that richness that you were talking about because now many yeah. minds are much greater than anything that one person can come up with. Yeah. So quick side question on that. So knowing um, your, Rachel's personality in that situation, like, is there a way like you, you know, want to make sure to give her an avenue in a group to, to input into it? Is there a way you can help like in that situation that's not ideal for her, like to be able to, to share? Yeah, for her. So she's nine. She's a slower processor or deliberate deliberate i don't <laughs> i like that new change she's a deliberate processor um and for her and many people we lead i think oftentimes a leader unfortunately or fortunately i don't know is quick with responses is a fast mover and that is just part of the team and uh the best responses for her is to say we will talk about this next week 
and give them space and time to think Mm. um, away. And you're going to get a great response. One of the things I've learned in in my marriage, I'm a big dreamer. I love to talk about goals and things. And I want her input. And it used to frustrate me early on because I felt like, oh, you'll never give it. But it was that there was not time spaced for that deliberate thinking. So um, sometimes it's turning one meeting into two. Oftentimes, I believe it's turning one meeting into two. Oh, that's good. Or an email. This is what we are going to talk about. This is the questions I'm wanting to know from the team um, Mm -hmm. for those deliberate processes to have that in advance. Super critical. Which takes some slowing down and giving some intentionality to that conversation. Okay, so I want to make sure. If you're going for a walk in the woods alone, you're not a leader. Like, it is bringing (laughs) the people with you. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and so, and I think we can forget that in our leadership and run way yeah. out in front of someone because we get excited. And the more that we can do that well, bringing them along, the better of leadership we really will be implementing, right? Yeah. Um, we kind of jumped into just like talking about all of it. I just want to make sure that we really define before we're running out of time is like what are what those four spaces look like. We talked a bit about it. Um, and again, we'll, we'll link some resources in the show notes if you want to dig deeper into this, but like, so just real quickly, Zach, I'm just going to interview you first space. What, what's that? Just some highlights about what first space is, what it looks like, how we can be aware of it. So if you're, if, um, for me, here's how it shows up in my life. Um, all of a sudden I'll, I'll be unaware that my jaw is hurting. Mm-hmm. Um, all of a sudden I'll come to this awareness that my jaw is hurting. And so, um, that is my body getting tight. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that is anxiety within me. Um, mm-hmm. that's me displaying anxiety there. So there's body tightness. There's your pulse going up. Have yeah. you ever went where you all of a sudden feel your heart racing yeah. and then spinning mind is the last one. And yeah. so that's how we can recognize that the space inside of us have been triggered uh, yeah. with anxiety. You may not be able to recognize that right away. Sometimes you might just be like, I don't know. Uh, it might be all the things. Um, and it might take some time to realize what that is for you. Yeah. Like I thought mine was spinning mind. Um, yeah. When I first started this, I thought that was my first. Because by the way, you'll have a first one that gets triggered most often. But eventually, left unchecked, all three get triggered. Um, yeah. 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 And again, it's, like this. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Chris. Okay. Okay. No, you go ahead, Zach. No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'll go ahead. Don't worry. I'll go ahead. Um, So with this, you know, we're talking about the space. Really, the key is to be aware, but then to learn how to manage it. And we'll talk about this more um, on other podcasts and and continue to link resources. But um, being able to then get to the root of that and then learn how to manage that anxiety is the goal and the key. Yeah, because we all we all have tendencies, just like that third, those three different things happening. You have you usually have a starting one. Um, Mm -hmm. and I didn't realize, I thought mine was spinning mind, but it was because I was unaware of the tense body first, um, where I don't know this is true. This is a working theory. So probably dangerous to put it out there, but I think a lot of times a deliberate processor, I honestly think their first one is spinning mind for the Mm -hmm. most part. And that's why it, sometimes it takes them a while. Um, because that's their first, and I've noticed it show up in, uh, my wife and two of my kids, that's their first like display where the quicker people, quicker responders doesn't mean the best responses, by the way. Um, (laughs) like myself is a tense body and I've watched my youngest child is tense body first and she'll stay quick when she's angry. (laughs) Yeah. And that makes sense too. Cause that makes sense too. Why the, um, 
like I've heard my husband, you know, explain like just shutting down. Like if that, yeah. it's almost like a defense mechanism to the spinning mind, possibly again, just theorizing. Um, okay. And the yeah. second space is the space between us and another. You and another. Yeah. Go yeah. ahead and define that one, Crystal. I was oh, telling man. you before, this one's yeah. hard for me. <laughs> so. Yeah. You flipped it on me. Uh, that yeah. is really, and I don't know that I'm going to do a good job at it either, but um, I feel like I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. I learned how to do this early on, not, not healthy, not well, maybe, but like it was a survival mechanism for me to figure out what was making people feel comfortable and good so that I would be accepted. Um, yeah, there's a whole therapy th- session under that, but like, so being able to um, uh, recognize how, what, how you're acting um, is affecting um, the other person and how you can adjust that. I think it's the best explanation I can give at the moment though. As I say that in the conversation we had today, I realized that I thought I was good at that, but I wasn't really digging deep, deep enough to understand the other person. I was more going off of external reactions, which, which can't are, um, are inconsistent and maybe not trustworthy because what people show on the outside can often show some of that, but a lot of people have a way more going on. Most people have way more going on on the inside. So if you're not doing the work to really get to know them or to be aware beyond the surface, you'll might end up where I was for a long time thinking I was having a good response when really I was just maybe, maybe bulldozing. I don't know. I'll let, I'll yeah. let someone else decide if that was what I was doing, but <laughs> <laughs> well, and it's be, yeah. Between two people, right. As you discussed, yeah. and it's when you place assumptions and expectations on another. And when someone else's expectations of you infect your assumptions about yourself and like, you can see how often, um, you know, like we discussed earlier, arguments, even arguments in your leadership, even if you're the bulldog and someone's shutting Mm -hmm. down, right? There's assumptions happening and, and infecting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And this would, would this be where like approval, like seeking approval all the time would really fit in? You're like looking for that, um, approval, the expectation of the person. Yeah. And I think, you know, we're talking about expectations and assumptions and too quickly it moves into third space. So third space is when uh-huh. you enter into someone else's mind, right? Whoa, Obviously whoa. you can't, <laughs> but you're, in t- you're attempting to, Yeah, you're attempting to, you, right. It's almost, honestly, I think that's a natural human thing. Um, mm-hmm. And that we're interpreting what someone's actions are, but we're, where it can, where it gets into anxiety is we're interpreting those actions and we're drawing conclusions about Mm -hmm. a person, um, and about how they feel about us, how they think about us. And depending on our brokenness, right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We come to different conclusions on those, you know, Crystal and I, we're doing this podcast because we view the world differently and Mm -hmm. together, right. That's why we're doing this together is because like, as we were kind of discussing third space, I always, often, often, I often, um, when someone is looking angry or upset, I often assume I have done something. Mm-hmm. And as a people pleaser, um, I just go to there. And that's just my natural thing with third space that I have to be really aware of. Yeah. Yeah. And I, um, I think this is where we can lose a lot of time, you know, just, Mm -hmm. just feeling like someone doesn't like us or worrying about which people probably don't have as much time as we think they do to think about us anyway. Um, but also I would say, even if, if people do have something, a problem with you or a problem that you can't fix, you know, that's, 
they're the only ones who can control that. They're the only ones who can find healing or find progress in that. So for us to waste time, even when there is something going on in there of us worrying about it, the best we can do is to love them and point them to a healing process. But yeah. And you'll see third space show up a lot. Um, and people that we care for when we're wanting them to think different, mm. right? We're wanting them to think different. We're wanting to do different actions. That's third space anxiety. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And, and so, yeah. Yeah. And then fourth space is the space between others. So this one really gets me. And, um, it's when, again, there's tension between other people or, or you're seeing, um, now I feel like I'm, my mind is spinning. I'm really blowing this one too, but <laughs> it's that, it's that when you walk into a room and there's tension, right. Between the whole group, um, or something is causing, um, affecting the space between people. So I've always been, I get really stressed myself when I see that there's tension between other people. Um, and that's something I've, um, really helped my mom. She has some disabilities and it's been something I've been aware of. I don't know, again, if I'm great at it, I'm learning more about it, but I know I've been really aware of people's reaction to her or reaction to the situation. And I think that's, um, made me hyper-focused to probably an unhealthy level on the space between other people. I want everybody to love each other and it's not quite peacemaking. It's not the root of a peacemaker. <laughs> it's, yeah. but it's, uh, something that, um, yeah, we can affect and that we, um, especially when we lead teams, I think that's a good place to go with it. Or we have, you know, in our family dynamics, that space between the group. Yeah. And, you know, an, an easy example to see is if, if you've been to a funeral um, mm -hmm. and everyone's sad, yeah, uh, that is fourth space anxiety going on. Uh, mm -hmm. Honestly, like that. And th like anxiety is not bad. Let me just mm -hmm. say that. Like if, the goal is to not like, I'm going to remove anxiety from my life. Well, life is full of it. It's that right. we're aware of it um, and that we can be calm because you don't want to go into a funeral, for example, and start cracking jokes um, and yeah. Yeah, and stuff like that. But there's this anxiety going on amidst the group because of tr real circumstances, right? They're sad. There's, yeah. there's, there's, there's loss in that room. And so it's just recognizing it. And how can we be calm in that? Yeah. And you'll watch it, watch as the better we get it. As I've noticed in my life, Crystal, I know you've noticed in your life is the more calm that I am, calm, aware presence, the more that fourth space, I can watch it dissipate when I'm in a room. Yeah. Um, well, and I yeah. think it gives you the ability of understanding the space too. And it ha this is where it's been really transformational for me and other tools alongside of it of like, um, in a, a team dynamic, when you come in and like, sometimes there'll be like one person will walk in and there's a lot of tension because of what they bring into the room or the, the atmosphere changes. But, um, I've been in these situations where, uh, like a, a subject comes up and everybody gets, there's just like the atmosphere of the room drops, you know, it's like all of a sudden there's tension. It doesn't make sense. But then, you know, the reaction is to retreat, to make a joke, to kind of avoid. Um, and what I found very fruitful in that is being aware that something has shifted and, and actually acknowledging it and say, Hey, I think yeah. something, um, has made us uncomfortable. Like, is there, is there something about the subject that I'm not getting? Um, like what, what has happened with this in the past? Um, that has really, uh, bore fruit for me in my interactions with people, um, and groups, especially like just asking the question, um, in a, in a gentle, 
and curious way, not like, hey, what's wrong with you people or what's going on? My past in those situations particularly has been like make a joke. (laughs) Just like relieve the tension, move on. But it has been so valuable um, to open that door in a calm way to have a conversation about what's going on underneath. Um, And it is also what has um, clued me into unhealth in teams of the shift in dynamics when either a different person comes into the conversation or again, a subject comes in, which really helped um, unravel some root issues instead of just being like, this is hard and pushing through constantly every day. So that's good. Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you're struggling to see different anxiety at play, honestly, just turn on any sitcom um, and talk radio, (laughs) any drama. Yeah watch any tv show with family you're going to see um these anxieties and that's one of the ways that you can kind of practice seeing oh mm-hmm. there's first oh they went to first oh now third <laughs> oh mm-hmm. the whole family's um in it now and so yeah uh, you know that's a good way to practice seeing it if you're having yeah. trouble seeing it in your own life and so i've been looking for it everywhere recently yeah. and there's no shortage Yeah. I think that's a very good, like just practical step for today too. just like start, you know, practice seeing it uh, and be aware of it and look, look for it. So um, this week, we're just going to say like every week in your leadership, as you're looking for anxiety, just continue to fail forward. You got this. Thanks for joining us this week on the human size podcast. We hope you enjoyed the conversation. Join Crystal and Zach next week when they discuss what we do when we don't know what to do. In the meantime, have a great week.